Sky Carumba, July 24th through 30th, 2022. We start the week with Venus at the feet of Gemini in the morning sky. The moon is near Taurus, near the Hyades V on Sunday morning. On Tuesday morning, it will be near Venus, the same day it's at Apogee, the farthest it gets in orbit, and at Northern Lunastus, the farthest north it gets. On Thursday, it'll be new. More of Gemini is becoming visible before daylight by week's end when Venus is approaching the Twins' waistline. The famous winter constellation Orion is rising already at dawn. Mars, near the head of Cetus the sea monster, is moving eastward. Compare its color to that of orange Aldebaran in the Hyades. Jupiter is stationary in Pisces. You get longer to see it in the morning because it rises so much earlier than Mars. And Saturn is retrograde in Capricornus, making a triangle with the stars Dinabel Jetty and Nashira. Mercury was at superior conjunction on the 16th. It's emerging as an evening object now. People around 25 degrees south latitude have the best chance to spot it Friday evening when a very young crescent moon is right of it just as darkness sets in. Look slightly north of west below Regulus in Leo not long after sunset. The next night, Mercury is higher without the moon right next to it. Regulus is the object left of the moon and Mercury is below it. Binoculars will help you find the messenger planet. And again, that's for about 25 degrees south. A lot of us in the rest of the world will just have to wait another week or two for a fair chance at seeing Mercury. Comet K2 passes by the star Zeta Ophiuchi in Ophiuchus this week. That star is 366 light years from Earth and is 19 times as big as the Sun. It looks reddish to us, but it's actually a blue star. It's shining through a thick stellar dust cloud that filters a lot of the blue light. If not for that dust, Zeta Ophiuchi would appear as one of the brightest stars in our sky. In the Stellarium Planetarium program, that star is named Saik, S-A-I-K. That looks a lot like nearby Sabik, S-A-B-I-K, which is also in Ophiuchus. According to an old legend, a deserted lover received a beautiful gift to cheer her up. The gift was a crown placed in the sky in honor of love lost. That's Corona Borealis, the northern crown. The ancient Greeks told of the Minotaur, a half-man, half-bull creature who terrorized the city of Athens unless the people offered seven of their young men and seven of their young women to the beast every year. The young adults were sent into the labyrinth, a maze from which nobody could escape. That's where the Minotaur lived. One year, one of the people chosen for the sacrifice was Theseus, the son of the king of Athens. Ariadne, the daughter of the king of Crete, fell in love with Theseus and plotted to help him escape the Minotaur. She gave him a ball of string and a sword. Theseus unwound the string as he entered the labyrinth, leaving one end of it tied at the entrance. He would follow the string back after killing the Minotaur with the sword. Theseus fled Crete with Ariadne. On the way to Athens, though, the lovers stopped on the island of Naxos, where something happened, and it spoiled the love affair. Theseus left Ariadne, and she cried. 
The god Dionysus happened to be in human form at the time, visiting the island. He felt bad for Ariadne, and he wanted to win her over. But the young lady didn't recognize him as a god, and so she rejected him. She said she wanted nothing more to do with mortal men. Dionysus told her that he was in fact a god, but of course the jilted lover felt that he was just another man bragging and trying to impress her. Dionysus finally proved his godly status by taking off his crown and throwing it into the sky, where it turned into a semicircle of stars. Other cultures have legends about this group of stars. The Shawnee Indians said it was a circle of star maidens dancing in the sky, but the circle's not complete because one of the maidens has left to live with a mortal warrior on Earth. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? Like the many stories told of the seven sisters in the Pleiades, but one is missing and that's why we only see six? The Arabs saw Corona Borealis as a cracked or dented bowl, like those used by poor people. Australia's Aborigines looked at this star group and saw a boomerang. The brightest star in Corona Borealis is known by two names. We already talked about Alfeca, that means the brightest one in Arabic. It's also called Gemma, which means gem. At 26 degrees north, Corona Borealis is clearly a northern constellation, but it's not too far north for most people in the southern hemisphere to see. The best time of year to see the constellation is in July. Sky Caramba.